3: All right. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank. We got a lot to get to on tonight's episode, so uh, no waiting around, no messing around. We got Jessica Cootie coming up in a bit to talk some hoops. We'll recap the OU women's defeat at the hands of Texas and get you ready for a big weekend of action for the OU women's team. And we'll also talk a little softball. Next week, Diamond Sports get underway in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. That's right. The Sooners back in Puerto Vallarta for the second time in three years, and the season opens up a week from Thursday. So, d- depending on when you're consuming this, uh, it dropped Wednesday night right after Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. In hoops uh, might be less than a week before the start of the softball season. So, we'll hear from Patty Gasso and a couple of her players from the preseason press are coming up here in just a bit. But let's start with a tough one on the road for the OU men's basketball team, wrapping up a... Uh, an always challenging trip anytime Oklahoma goes to Manhattan Sooners fall 61 to 53 Alondis Williams had 15 points wasn't enough to help rally the Sooners who shot just 19 percent from beyond the three-point line Sooners fall in the season at 13 and 7 overall 3 and 4 in Big 12 play afterwards the voice of the Sooners Toby Rowland caught up with head coach Lon Kruger coach where to get away from you tonight
2: yeah, we didn't open very well. You know, I guess you could say right from the start. I didn't think we guarded the ball very well early. Uh, uh, K State was much more aggressive and attacking on their offensive end than we were on our end. Uh, of course, uh, you know, didn't make shots. Uh, you know, credit K State's defense to some of that for sure. And uh, then we've just got to continue to work harder offensively to get better looks.
4: You could see the frustration kind of bubbling up in your team as the night went along. That either the shots weren't going or the shots they normally get weren't there tonight, but it, it, uh, there was angst in everybody's eyes. Yeah, tonight. no question.
2: Yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've struggled with that end of it uh, off and on certainly uh, throughout the year, and uh, it's a hard game when when you're not making shots, but still you've got to maintain you know uh, uh, the discipline to go ahead and compete harder to, to get better shots. Uh, again, uh, Kansas City, I can't say that that was much more aggressive all night than uh, than we were. I'll tell you, Alondis
4: Williams is finding himself here for you, Coach. Up 15 points tonight, and Looks like he's becoming a weapon for you.
2: Yeah, Alonis was very explosive and uh, made it look easy at times when he uh, got to the rim like he did and knocked down a three again, Uh, been practicing like that. Uh, We need that to continue, and now we need to step up and uh, some other guys give him some help. Well, I I know
5: you
4: wish uh, everybody had a bigger game, but your bench went for 30 of your 53 points tonight, and that's been an issue for you at times this year is getting production off your bench so it's a gloomy night but at least that's a bit of a silver lining
2: yeah yeah for sure you know it was great to see Alonis coming after Kerr again played his minutes great That uh, Victor came in there and did fine uh, uh you know good to see that uh, again we've got to get uh, you know some other guys going uh, like we uh, like we know and and I know they'll keep working at it what'd you tell the team
4: after the game well
2: we've got to do better we, we we can't we can't settle for uh, coming in any any place, especially on the road, and uh, open a ball game like we did. You know, in terms of, you know, they shoot four or five layups in the first, uh, you know, six, seven minutes, which uh, you just can't allow that. Uh, again, we've uh, we've got, we've been doing a good job defensively. Again, they do 37% for the game, so you don't mind that. But still, I thought uh, opening the ball game, we didn't do what we needed to.
4: Thanks for stopping by, Coach. Thanks, we appreciate
2: it. It's Bedlam
3: on Saturday. Sooners will look to bounce back against Oklahoma State, who is still winless in Big 12 play. That's a 2 o'clock tip inside the LNC. You can get your tickets right now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. OU women on Tuesday night lost a tough one at the hands of Texas by a final score of 70 to 53. Sherry Cole afterwards broke down the game with the voice of the OU women's basketball team, Brian Brinkley.
4: Coach, a uh, rough one tonight. You were in a, it was kind of a sloppily played first quarter, but you're right there. You're down just three. And then the third, the second quarter just could not get things going offensively and you never seemed to be able to do it the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, we, there's no secret. We have to be able to make threes. Our team has to be able to make threes. We shot 18% from the three point line had a lot of good looks, and um, that's not only a way that we score, but it's a part of the game that gives us some juice, and, and we couldn't get anything to go in tonight. Um, Texas is so much physically superior to us. Uh, they just destroyed us uh, with their athleticism, their speed, their hard, um, and, and we, I thought we backed down from it. I did not think we um, rose to the challenge there.
4: Yeah, it seemed like a, your turnovers weren't in inordinately high but it seems like every time you turned it over they scored immediately when transition And it's always important when you're playing them to avoid that
1: yeah yeah we we did not uh we did not get back and protect the basket it's a hard thing to do uh, when you turn it over in the channel as we did several times just being soft not meeting the pass not being strong with it um and and then just didn't uh didn't respond in defense defensively in transition
4: well, and you never want to see just six attempts for Taylor Robertson. She just could not get any any looks at all tonight. It was just hard for her to get get the ball in a position to shoot
1: yeah it, it was, and then she fouled trying to get open a couple of times, so that's hard too
4: you uh Did get a bright spot. Liz Scott played very well for you off the bench there, especially in that second half at 11 points and showed uh, her potential tonight.
1: Yeah, I I thought Liz came in and battled. She played really hard and looked like she wanted the ball and wanted to score. And um, she's got a skill set, an offensive skill set. There's no doubt about it. Um, Defensively, she's got to catch up a little bit, but she's just going to be able to do that through more and more playing time.
4: And then offensively, really, Maddie Williams was your only other offensive force tonight. She had 16 to lead you.
1: Yeah, I thought it took Maddie a while to get going, uh, but once she got determined and started uh, taking the ball to the rim, I, I thought it, you know that made a difference for us. Obviously, if if we're not going to get three-point attempts, we've got to have Maddie going to the to the glass and attacking in in the lane and um, we just we didn't shoot it very well tonight and and we didn't have that spring in our step that you got to have when you play a team that's as talented as Texas.
4: We talked about it in the pregame interview about the schedule here and to get through it this was a rough night here but you get a little extra time here before you get going again on Sunday at Kansas here to kind of regroup.
1: Yeah we got to regroup and look at the last half of our schedule and get back to doing the things that we're good at and uh, hopefully we'll get on a back in the near future and that can help our rotation a little bit and uh, we can short things up.
3: Ten and ten now on the season. Three and five in conference play. We mentioned a big weekend for the men with Bedlam coming up on Saturday. Huge one on Sunday as the Sooners hit the road for Lawrence, Kansas, and a showdown with the Jayhawks. Noon tip. That game will be on Fox Sports. So. Make sure you check out com for broadcast information. Every Wednesday on my radio show on the Sports Talk Network, I get a chance to talk to TV reporter and women's college basketball play-by-play voice and analyst at times, Jessica Cootie. And we talked a little bit about the frustration of Tuesday night for the Sooners and the tough loss of Texas and what needs to improve going forward.
6: Yeah, Texas looked good last night. Texas looked like the team that um – You know, everyone thought that they would be at the beginning of the year before they kind of struggled with some injuries. I think they're really kind of um, hitting another level right now. Um, I think they're going to give a lot of teams in the Big 12 um, really tough problems when they play them. Um, But, you know, the thing, listening in on the huddles and and, and whatnot, you know, and Coach Cole in the postgame said it, you know, this. Oh, you wasn't aggressive enough you know they they were scoring at will with them there in that first quarter um you know once it kind of settled into a rhythm and then they um kind of quit being aggressive and uh started kind of being um I don't know scared was a word you know she used you know just uh got to continue to kind of take the ball right at them and um didn't feel like Oklahoma was doing that when being aggressive and then um you know they they quit making shots and then um didn't play as hard defensively their intensity and effort on the defensive end kind of was lacking there in the second quarter is what the coaching staff kind of told me at half and and just couldn't get out of that hole and you know just teams um like that that are uh, long and athletic as coach cole pointed out in the post game give Kayla robertson um some troubles and without anna Yanusa to help kind of relieve some of that pressure it's tough it's tough and so i think in all phases Ani Noosa is going to provide a huge lift for this team defensively. She always guards the best player. You know, offensively. You know, obviously we've we've seen her scored in bunches. Um, you know, her leadership, just all of the above. The, the depth, the bodies. You know, there's so many things that are going to provide a huge relief for this team when she gets back. And hopefully, she will be back um, by the next game, if not the next game. But um, you know, they they need her and. Um, so I think when she gets back, it, you're going to start to see a, a little bit more of that team we saw play in Bedlam, and um, you know some of those games that they were really kind of hitting their stride because um, they they do they miss her in in a lot of different ways.
3: You know, and it's interesting because they go to they go to West Virginia, and they dominate, and everyone kind of thinks, oh, a table is turned. But again, we that was a great performance. Taylor Robertson had a career high 31 points. She was hitting everything. Uh, they, they go to Texas Tech, should have won that game. They had a player that scored 29 points. It hadn't scored more than, I think, 10 all season long. And they held their uh, their size to just, what, six points? But, Jess, you still need Anna Yanusa because there's going to be times teams are, boy, they're putting length on Taylor Robertson. And she's struggling just a little bit. So you need someone to step up. That's what Anna provides. And when you don't have that, it really hurts.
6: Yeah, really. I mean, the when they were um, they were the top two scoring duo in the Big Twelve for a while there, and you know, a, a lot of things that Anna does opens things up for Taylor and vice versa. And so um, Maddie Williams has been huge, and they need her to continue to do what she's doing. But Anna is uh, is just one of those she she can knock it down from outside. She can also get to the rim. Um, so the things she does on the offensive end, teams can't just completely help off of her or um, you know, switch on the screens or some of the things that they're doing with her um with Taylor right now with, say, a Tatum um, who doesn't necessarily shoot it very well from three or from the outside. You know, there's just things that when you have on on the floor, it just changes up what teams do defensively entirely. And, you know, you even look at Oklahoma State, the game that they won. Vivian Gray had been on Taylor Robertson. And then Ana Unisa starts going off. So Vivian Gray switches over and starts guarding Anna, And then that opens things up for Taylor. Because a lot of times it just depends on, you know, the best player, whoever their best defender is, is usually on Taylor Robertson. But if Anna starts going off, then they'll, a lot of times they'll switch that up. And so then that will allow maybe some look for Taylor to happen. It just... It's just a domino effect. So many things can happen when you have another player on the floor that can open things up, that can get to the rim, that can cause um, teams to put a little bit more focus, take a little bit more focus off of Taylor Robertson. They're never not going to focus on Taylor Robertson, but if you got somebody else that's scoring, like Ana can score, it just relieves a lot of the pressure. And honestly, last year, you remember Taylor Robertson started going off and then teams started really paying attention to her. They were playing boxing ones. They were playing some junk defenses. And then when Anna started, um, you know, when she got kind of started getting healthy um, midway through Big 12 and started going off on her tangent, that's when you saw teams get out of those junk defenses and start, um, you know, and, and then it started opening open things up again for Taylor Roberts. So I'm hoping that, you know, again, what we're going to see is maybe a little bit. It's never going to be easy for T-Rob. It's not. It's just never going to because that's, She's got everybody's attention now, and everybody in the gym knows what she's going to do. But it will relieve a little bit of the pressure with Anna on the floor.
3: Yeah, and Taylor shot the ball better last night. She was 3 of 6, but Jess, that was it. She only had just 6, get six any shots long. all night long.
6: Yeah, Man. I mean, she when she shot them, most of the time they went in, but she just could not get any space. And she doesn't need much of it, but Texas did a great job on her defensively. They really did. Um, so... Yeah, she just couldn't get couldn't get open to get those looks.
3: She was eleven of forty-one in her last three games after the West Virginia thirty-one point performance from beyond the three-point line, so that's that's well below her average. So, I mean, again, it's good to see the shots go down, but man, Jess, you said it; it's going to be nonstop work because defenses can can focus on shutting her down until another score emerges. Uh,
6: yeah, no doubt. I mean. And I think, you know, you you mentioned the West Virginia game, and Coach Cole will, you know, say the same thing, is that that was kind of an uncharacteristic um, shooting night for them. And so I think that will be another big matchup here in Norman when when West Virginia comes to town next Wednesday. So, um, you know, Kansas, a team that's definitely beatable. Um, You know, I think they can get back in the win column on Saturday if they take care of business. And then hopefully that will provide a little bit of momentum going back into West Virginia here on. Uh, Wednesday, because it's still going to be a tough matchup, despite don't let the numbers fool you of how well they beat them in in Morgantown. Uh, I know West Virginia struggled. They've lost some games in Big 12 play, but, you know, that they're going to probably be, have a little bit of fire in their belly after taking that embarrassing loss in Morgantown, and, and they'll um, come here ready to play, I would imagine. And so having Anna back in that game will be big.
3: Jess, before we let you go, next week is uh, is a big week because it's, what, National Women's, uh, Girls and Women's in Sports Day. What's kind of on the docket? What do you guys have planned for next week? I mean, I, I'll tell you what I have planned. We're starting softball. So that's how I'm celebrating the start of uh, this celebration. But what, what what do you have planned for that day, and what are you looking forward to?
6: Well, I'm working on a video right now. I, I think um, what's so awesome about – Um, Oklahoma and the um, athletic department and the women's sports in general is that look how many women's head coaches um, OU has Um, all but soccer. Um, And so I think if you look statistically across the United States, you know, it's just Oklahoma state, for example, doesn't have one woman head coach. And um, so I think it became a big deal last year with, um, Mother McGraw out of Notre Dame, you know, you'll remember, I think it was at the final four when she had a press conference talking about how we need more women leading the next generation of women. And um, it's just the the statistics are still way down for women's head coaches. And um, I think you, you're around here a lot and you think, oh, well, it, it didn't seem that way just because there are so many here at OU, but that is not the norm to have that many women's head coaches, female head coaches at, at a university. And so I kind of wanted to put a focus on that about, and then not to mention, not only do we have a bunch of women leading women, but it's some of the best coaches in their sport. You know, look at Patty Gasso, arguably um, best coach in softball. KJ Kimler, arguably the best coach in women's college gymnastics. And Sherry Cole, a Hall of Famer. And, um, you know, some of the other coaches, Melinda Gray-Walton, the up-and-comer, what she's done just in two seasons. And uh, Audrey Collins, one of the, um, you know, bigger names and she's the only female women's head coach in the big 12 and so i just wow some of these names that you have going in on here it's just such a i want to share i uh, want to uh, kind of shine a light on that So that's kind of the, the focus of my video that i'm working on but then on spotlight on tuesday we're doing an all women's spotlight special and so kind of that's focusing cool. in on some of the women's sports we're going to have josh finallo and studio um you know, to talk about National Women and Girls Sports Day, but also to preview uh, that coming season because that will that will be the the uh, opener coming up that weekend. And so, I think we got a lot of cool stuff planned. Uh, just kind of shining the light on, I mean, one of the arguably one of the best female women's athletics department in the nation right here in Norman. And so, just want to really shed a light on that.
3: So, thanks to Jess for joining us on the Sooner Sports Podcast. Yes, National Women and Girls in Sports Day coming up next week, next Wednesday, as a matter of fact. So what better way to celebrate than getting you ready for softball? Oklahoma will open up the 2020, which seems crazy that softball is already here. They'll open up the 2020 schedule next Thursday at 6 p.m. against Nevada. The Sooners will play four games in three days. So, you know, typically in some of these early season tournaments, it can be five, maybe even sometimes six games in three days. So it's not a bad stretch Four games in three days, as they'll take, take on Nevada on Thursday at six. Then they battle long beach on Friday at 1230 Saturday night at 6 p.m. against George Washington. And then late on Saturday night at eight 30, it's a battle between Oklahoma and BYU. Now, there will be TV on this at Flow Softball. You need to have a subscription in order to watch the broadcast. We'll have you covered on the Sooner Radio Network. We'll be traveling down with the team on Wednesday. As a matter of fact, we busted to the airport at like 5.30 in the morning. So I'll be juiced and ready to go. We'll have coverage for you locally in Oklahoma City on AM 1560. And, of course, you can find the streaming at Soonersports.com slash radio. I, I don't believe we have it through the OU, the Oklahoma Tune In. Uh, feed where you would find the basketball and where you would find the uh, football games, but if you search on TuneIn under franchise two, you'll be able to find it. I'll have much more information on this next week, but we just wanted to start to dip our toe in the Diamond Sports pool, and we continue with a complete preview with Patty Gasso and three of her standouts: Jocelyn Allo, G. Juarez. And someone who I think is going to have a fantastic year, co-captain Lindsay Elam. They met with the media before the OU Texas women's game on Tuesday night.
5: Um, We're ready to go. It's kind of unbelievable that we're back hitting the dirt again, but we've worked really hard this fall. And new look, uh, new group of players, uh, excited to be coaching again. Um, Really a lot of teaching going on. But they're a very talented group, so I'm really looking forward to what's ahead.
7: So it feel a little bit like last year with the kind of a new group you brought in, just as far as getting these freshmen acclimated?
5: Yeah, but I'd um, probably magnify that by a lot more because there's really nine newcomers um, and ten returners. So it's a lot of teaching, learning the system, a lot of teaching from our returners as well. Um, but I trust them. They know our system. They know the style that we need to play in order to be successful. So it's been a real big team effort. And uh, I feel like these newcomers have really got their feet on the ground much more. And um, I feel like we're in a really good place. In the last two weeks, we've taken some really giant steps in the right direction. So. I'm looking forward to seeing what it looks like without crimson and cream on the field forever. I mean, a new colored uniform is going to be exciting for this group to, to face. You,
8: you've never been afraid to play freshman. You've always recruited such great classes. But how many young players are really going to be in your lineup this year? Uh,
5: without question, I'd say two uh, that I'm counting on. Uh, our pitching staff has some quality pitchers that are getting better every day. So I think um, pitching by committee is going to be exactly what we're starting to become accustomed to. I, I probably would tell you Riley Boone right now, a freshman out of the Tulsa area, is going to take over center field spot. And Mackenzie Donahue, uh, really salty freshman, fearless, hardworking. Uh, athlete is going to find her way in there somewhere as well. So those two, I know, I'm counting on. A, a, a newcomer who is not new to the college game is is uh, Taylen Snow, transfer from Auburn, who will be locked in at second base. Oh gosh, Kenzie Hansen. Uh, <laughs> Oopsie, <Coach. laughs> hey, you nudge me on that one. <laughs> um, big hitter, going to be in the middle of the lineup. She can catch. She's been working out at first. So you'll see her definitely in the lineup as well. So yeah, I'm looking at really three plus tail and snow, four newcomers to uh, the lineup. That I feel pretty confident about. But they all are going to make impacts for us. Um, I've got some young freshmen who've got unbelievable power. They just need to learn the way of the land pitching wise. Because when you're in high school and travel ball, you, you aren't seeing anything like what you're about to see when you really play some really great competition. But then they can change the game in one swing. So it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of new faces that you'll get used to. Do
4: you have any kind of timeline on Mendez? It seems like this would be. Really tough injury, obviously, to to come back fast from, but it sounds like she's going to make a return.
5: She is, and she's got her brace as of, I think, yesterday, and she is already moving much better. So we're anticipating looking at her maybe mid to late March, um, how much she's going to be impactful at that time. I'm not quite sure, but she's definitely going to be in the middle of this, this race as well.
8: Patty, uh, I've covered you guys a long time. I can't remember you naming somebody captain and put a C on the the jersey. You might have done it before. I just can't remember. But talk about that decision to name her captain.
5: Yeah, uh, the team I let vote, and 99.9% of the time it's in alliance with what I'm feeling. And actually, for the first time since I can remember, it's a tie, and it's Lindsey Elam and Nicole Mendez are both going to take on the role as captain but um, these these players right up here are part of it as well so it might have been voted on but I know that these two upperclassmen are going to be instrumental in helping as well as others who have had college World Series experience which we got to count on them sharing their knowledge as well
7: Giselle, how does it feel for you to have that year under your belt now, considering where you were a year ago? And what's your comfort level, I guess, now at this point?
9: Um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I've been here all four years, which sounds crazy. But um, I mean, I don't know. It was just really exciting last year. And I'm just excited to get back with the team this year. And like, we have a lot of newcomers. But I feel like they've been here forever, too. So that's really exciting. Jocelyn, it's such a mix of uh, newcomers and returners. What have you guys been doing to kind of um, to uh, bond together and, like she was saying, have that feeling like they've been here for so long? Um, I think the more you bond off the field, it'll show more on the field. So just like upperclassmen, just like getting with freshmen, like, hey, like let's go eat lunch, or hey, like let's go hit. Just something small like that can give you that connection on the field. So a lot of the upperclassmen have been – taken on the responsibility of doing that, so,
8: yeah. Have you been impressed with the young hitters like Coach has?
0: Yes, I have been, I'll
9: tell. Patty, how do you think it helps have to have so many um, people on the staff as student assistants uh, that were just playing themselves and had such a big and important role um, on this team just even last year and a couple of years ago?
5: It's going to be very impactful, but I get absolute joy looking at those guys every day, knowing that they're going to be in their own program one day very soon. So they're going to be very good coaches. Uh, They're engaged with this team, and they're locked in with this team as much as they were when they were players. They really are rooting for these guys, and they're really trying to help every way that they can where i've got folly picking our own pitchers at practice and driving everyone crazy like she did when she was a player but it's to help our team learn and they are 100 percent invested in it and we need them but it really is exciting to know that very soon, these guys, the, the sooner coaching branch is going to continue to grow across country because they're all going to land in some really good places. Anything else? We got all dressed up for that.
8: <laughs> <laughs> well, Patty, do you know exactly what you're doing in your infield? You, you, you count on so many guys to be flexible. So, I mean, you have five or six girls that will play three positions like you do sometimes? Yeah. Um,
5: I've got the middle in the, the entire infield is working all over the place so I've got um, Elise E uh, Flores at third but she's also worked at second I got Elia <laughs> it's just I've been doing this for a long time you know so Elia Flores has been working at third, but she also has worked at second. I've got Kinsey Hansen and Lindsay Elam working at first, but they're also catching. I've got uh, Talon Snow at second, working at short. I got Kinzie Donahue working at third, short, second, outfield. They're, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they understand. I don't care where you put me. Just put me somewhere. You where are you
8: working very screen?
5: Um, I've had her in the outfield. She's very comfortable there. Been having her at first a little bit as well. Um, Josie's been in left field, but I'll bring her in the infield every once in a while. Um, Why are you laughing? (laughs) (laughs) The ball's a little scary in this. (laughs) (laughs) So I just think what we're trying to do is create just all around good athletes that can help us whenever we might be in a pinch.
4: For You too. How is your chemistry in the, the battery combination kind of
8: morphed since last year? <laughs>
9: um, it's growing, growing and has grown a lot. Um, we actually have classes in the same buildings, and then we have a second class together. So we walk to classes together. So, like, it just continues to grow. Like, even outside of practice, like, it's just grown so much, I think, over the past few months. <laughs> yeah, I would agree, too. Uh, we got close very quickly last year, I feel like i had caught her my whole life and we just met in january pretty much it was kind of crazy but like she said it's only gotten better we've only gotten closer i feel like i know her on and off the field like the back of my hand almost just being with her all the time so it's pretty cool
8: what do you think about the staff as a whole um very talented
9: Uh, i'm very excited to see these new freshmen we have Three true freshmen, and then Brooke Vestal, and then we have Giselle and Shannon, and they're all so talented. All have gotten better. So it's been a joy being able to catch so many different varieties of pitchers and just getting used to all of them, and they're going to be great. I'm very excited to see them Do
8: you have any idea? I mean, do you know yet if Shannon will be a closer or she'll be, you know, pitch a weekend start?
5: Or... No, we're not even close to deciding those things right yet. It's just really trying to get – the newcomers and Brooke Vestal's been having a really good start to January and
8: or
5: do you yeah I mean they're all fighting for it. we know Giselle we know Shannon pretty well it's just who balances it out who is a good combination to come in for someone else if they look the same it doesn't make sense so we're learning still this is absolutely by committee it could be uh, come in and get these two lefties, and thank you very much for your service today. You helped us win, uh, find a way to win, and now bring in, you know, it's however we can feed them, get them comfortable, get them learning. But to, to count so much on four pitchers, that's never thrown a pitch in college. Uh, we don't want to do it in a way that's going to just crush their, their – um, Mindset, So it's just easing everybody in and putting, challenging them in certain situations.
7: Charles, I'm, I'm curious just with the, you know, you still have Fale and Shay and Cindy around, but do you feel any maybe pressure to, and all three of you can answer this, but just do you feel any pressure to carry that torch, you know, carry on that legacy that they've, or the standard that they've set up the past four years?
9: Um. Not the standard that they've set, but it's just a Sooner standard that we're going to be the best. And I feel like just carrying on that Sooner high standard, which was set with, like, Lauren Chamberlain's class and that 2013, the 2000 uh, first national championship. So just keeping that Sooner uh, standard. I think along with that, they left a great legacy, but we're hungry to create our own legacy, also. So, just kind of like Jossie said, just keeping the high standard and fighting for our legacy, also.
5: They said it perfectly, so I got then
7: <laughs> Any big thoughts on the new threads?
5: Good.
9: <laughs> the new,
3: one. the new jersey. Oh. <laughs> it's cool. <Yeah. laughs> well, thanks for joining us for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate you downloading. Don't forget, if you missed any of our old shows, you have a, a cool conversation with Joe Castiglione about the rebirth of Top Dog. If you missed our conversation last week with K.J. Kindler, it's all available in the archives right now. Simply search Soonersports.tv slash podcast. This week in the Big 12, the coaches' shows, and maybe if you're missing football a little bit, We have tons of old shows from the football season, including the radio broadcast, the Big 12 championship game, and the Oklahoma-Texas game, if you want to listen to those in their entirety. Now, speaking of football, speaking of football, the request is in. The, The hope is there. We are trying to get DeMarco Murray to join us on the podcast. He is the newest member of the Sooner coaching staff taking over the running back's coach position. We're not going to bug him while he's on the road recruiting. Again, we got another signing day coming up here in, what, about a week? So DeMarco Murray will make it happen, but for now, we won't bug Coach while he's on the recruiting trail. But welcome home to one of the all-time greats. A running back wearing seven was always one of the coolest things I thought because I used to dig. Seven was my lucky number when I was growing up. So DeMarco Murray coming up. But congratulations and welcome home to one of the all-time greats. So have a great start to your weekend. Enjoy a little Bedlam basketball. Soonersports.com slash tickets. Get out and support the OU men's team on Saturday. And follow along as the OU women's team travels to Lawrence to get back on track against Kansas. Have a great weekend. And boomer sooner, everybody.